okay, buddy, like that's in the past. You can't be getting mad at her because you not know how to admit feelings. I would just, this is a momentous occasion, everyone listening, because do y'all see Emily recognizing these red flags? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Spice Rack Podcast. We have daddy issues on this podcast today. Emily doesn't, just me. Because we have our first single father romance on the Spice Rack this week. But before we get into it, Em, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, It's kind of the rush where everything is just stacking up before the break. But we got a lot of big releases um, just even today and this week from authors. So happy stances out. LJ Shin's writing a new book. Mm. It's just, it's a good day other than that. But it was 83 degrees today, so it's not fall outside. Yeah, it's global warming. There's a tropical storm heading for us too, which is like not a good sign. I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's one like forming in South Florida right now. Are you serious? Is it like a hurricane? <laughs> yeah, dead ass serious. I am not thriving because of daylight savings time. And why did you just make that thing? I don't understand time zones. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, there is no time zone. It just, everything goes back. I wish you could see the absolute (laughs) blank stare she is giving me right now. I will never understand time zones. And I think time personally is a social construct. (laughs) And I just, I'm so against daylight savings and I'll, I can go, I can have a whole TED talk on it. Okay. Well, I love that you're against it, but like, you can't just personally opt out of it, you know? And so I'm really struggling because it's fucking pitch black outside and it should not be. And I have evening classes that get out at seven. So I'm going to be like, it's going to be nighttime by the time I'm going to my, like, I'm done. Seth works four tens. So like they worked four 10 hour shifts and they don't work on Fridays. However, there's this like fun three week period where he goes to work in the dark and he comes home in the dark. <laughs> and he like doesn't have a nice window office. So he like doesn't see the sun for like a solid four weeks. <laughs> you can do. He has like yellow construction paper. <laughs> like cut out a sun for him. I can put on like the Kylie Jenner rise and shine. <laughs> But I was walking the dogs and it was like dark outside. I was like, how am I supposed to hot girl walk in these conditions? Like it's unacceptable. No, you know, there is lobbyists trying to get daylight savings like rid of like sign me up. (laughs) Sign me up. I have to share a funny about Emily because she was going to California, I think, (laughs) spring break in college. Do you know what I'm about to say? Yeah. And as you all know, we are in Eastern time and California is in Pacific time. And she, I mean, it took like two apartments worth of women to figure out when she should take her birth control because we like could not figure it out because you're supposed to take it at the same time and we could not conceptualize I still couldn't no I still I was like you know there's no baby so (laughs) we predicted something right I think Dex would mansplain time zones but I think you're right you're making me like want to retract how much I loved this book and this man I, I don't know. I'm feeling like I'm feeling I think vulnerable. I am a little triggered 
by because we'll spoil her because we're gonna spoil when he tells her i love you but bye like i'm a little triggered by that so (laughs) i really said that with my chest so passionate about it you like buffed up a little bit (laughs) okay well before we get into it, I have to talk about what I have been reading. This is my opportunity to stand on a soapbox. Also, before we get into what we've been reading, hopefully everyone voted yesterday. That's Wednesday. So if you didn't, you missed it, girly. We'll see you in two years. That's all we got. Okay. So as you all know, I've been reading from Blood and Ash, which is a series by Jennifer L. Armentrout, and it's about vampires. Think A Court of Thorns and Roses, but they are vampires instead. Let me tell you, the way that the second book in a fantasy romance series captures my heart and soul every time because it's just about the love story forming, and I am obsessed. It was like, I don't know, 650-ish pages, and I like literally every night would read like 150 so that I could stretch it out. I'm just obsessed. I had a friend ask me if I liked this more than I liked A Court of Mist and Fury, which is the second in the Actar series. The answer is no. A Court of Mist and Fury is probably my all-time favorite book. It altered the way that I that my brain chemistry works. So, no. I don't like it more. It's a close third or fourth spot, but it's just not there. JLA does not write as well as Sarah J. Moss does. So they fuck more, which is like a couple of extra bonus points. But, you know, the world building is better in Akamath. So that's where I'm at. That's my soapbox. I will continue reading. I'm hoping to read one book a week so that I can give everybody an update as I go on this journey. I loved Ignite. Emily, I don't think loved it as much as I did. Huge fan. Cried several times. So we'll talk about it. But I was a big fan. So I finished Garnet Flats, which is the third Eden book. It was spoon worthy, but it needed some more drama. And it was, we have a, like one of my friends also read it. We both think it fell flat like mm-hmm. towards the end. So there just needed to be more drama, but I am excited for the fourth one to come out in February. And then continuing on the small town trend, I finished Ignite, which we'll talk about. I think I'm getting cynical about love. I need a break from small town romances. And then um, I also read some academic books, but (laughs) those weren't that fun. I can feel you on the precipice of like a big mafia bender. Like I feel like that's where you're going. Yeah, I have my like four that are next. So I have King of Wrath. Okay. And then I have two Candy Snyder books. So the first one and then the third one, like the Blind Side series. So I know those are going to have angst and like lots of smut, but the, the mafia thing is brewing. I texted Sav. I found an 11 book hockey series. 11 book hockey series. As soon as that last final is turned in, do not text. I just need, this is the thing with the small town romances. And I think what makes me so cynical about love is this shit doesn't happen. In real, I know shit with like mafia stuff doesn't happen. I, well, it could happen a little bit more, but like this is like, I don't know. It's a like you're telling me that in this small town, there are at least three redeeming men. I refuse to believe it. Exactly. Who will bring <laughs> you a frosty at night? Goodbye. True. <laughs> you're telling me that in this housing market, you found a townhouse next to somebody who was also hot. In this housing market, you found that. Mm-mm. I need some a little bit drama angst. Yeah. Leaving, yeah, that's what I need. 
I think that makes sense because this was like my little palette cleanser that I did in between high fantasy books. If I had been on a small town bender, I would not. First of all, I'm not ever going on a small town bender. <laughs> I've read two. That's enough. I'm done. I'm cutting it off. But I don't think I could have kept it going. I have to say that the second book in the Eden series is my favorite. Juniper Hill so far is my favorite. Okay. Are you going to keep reading them or are you, we're taking a big long break? So I'm done. So oh. I read the novella and the first, second, and third book. Because this is my issue. I can't read one book in a series. I will not be reading the other books in these series because I need to step away from small town. But that's like my toxic trait is I can't. If I'm going to start a book, I have to read the whole series. I literally refuse. Unless it's fantasy, I will not read the series. I'm only reading the first one. We've done that. I did that with the T.L. Swan book. Literally, the cat and mouse. I haven't read a second book ever. <laughs> No, I, I I have to read the whole series, Next Generation, but I think my next book will be King of Wrath. I love that for you. Like I said, last week I tried to read it, but I was in such a shitty mood. Had nothing to do with Anna Huang and had everything to do with me. That's my little rant about <laughs> I was listening to this podcast the other day. So I become a gym girly. And there's so many hot guys at the gym. There really is. And this guy like sent in a question to these girls was like, is it okay to to reach out to a girl at the gym? And they're saying that is the worst thing you can ever do is approach a girl at the gym, try to talk to her and like give her your number. I'm like, I don't think that's the worst thing. You were were puss open, ready for someone to talk to you at the gym. Well, I'm like, the thing is like, if you're like, how else are you dating? If you're not doing the dating apps, like how else are you meeting people? So, yeah, I feel that. Let's get into Ignite. But before we get into it, we're going to talk about Melanie Harlow. Melanie Harlow likes her high heels high, her martini dry, and her history with naughty bits left in. She's the author of the Bellamy Creek series, the Cloverleaf Farm series, and the After We Fall series. Today, we'll be discussing Ignite, which is the second book of the series that follows Dex and Winnie. I love that about Melanie Harlow. She sounds like a... I was like, that's such a fun, like, author bio. Are you a martini person? Yes, if it's in, like, if it's a martini kind of night. Okay. that makes sense. Like, I'm not ordering a martini when we're going to go to, like, a dive bar next. Are you a martini person, like, with olives? Like, you want it to be dry? Yeah. Like, yeah, I like mine, like, doubled, like, um, extra dirty. (gasps) What? Okay. When you visit, will you make me one? Because I don't, I've never tried this journey for myself and I would like to experience it. Yes. I don't know how to make one. Okay. We can watch some YouTube videos. We'll figure it out. There was a restaurant, guys, where Sam and I went to college called um, Millhouse. So it's like a $30, $40 like dinner, but no matter what alcohol you wanted, a drink was two bucks. It was 24 seven happy hour, $2.47 happy hour. And they just don't make happy hour like that any fucking more. And they don't. And the drinks were strong. They, they, you would drink like three of the margaritas. You would have spent six bucks. And then the fucking hammered. We'd have to walk. Fucking hammered. I know they had a pomegranate martini that really just Ooh. made the coochie sing. Okay. Sorry. We <laughs> Getting into the dedication for this week. For fans of the Cloverleaf Farm series, thank you for loving this world like I do. Welcome back. And then there's also a book quote at the beginning, which, I mean, Emily and I just absolutely love. So the quote is, you deserve someone who makes you feel like you've been struck by fucking lightning. 
Don't You Dare Settle for Fine, which is from Roy Kent, who is in Ted Lasso. If you have not seen Ted Lasso, get your hiney over to Apple TV and watch it. I've never watched Ted Lasso. Oh my God, it's so wholesome. You would love. Okay, I'm going to add it to the list. Okay. So getting into Ignite. So Winnie is the hopeless romantic that falls fast and hard. She meets a flame in the form of Dex, who is a single dad, is a grump, and has a hot body due to being a firefighter and Navy SEAL. When Winnie's smoke alarm goes off and Dex runs into her house to save her, he sees her naked trying to fix the alarm and forgets all about the 12-year age difference between the two. What started out as flirty nights on the porch turns into a steamy relationship between the two, where they're constantly having to remind each other that they don't love each other. Dex's two girls are little comedians who are also falling for Winnie. And Winnie wants to keep everything casual, but their relationship was anything but casual. Winnie leaves Cloverleaf for Rhode Island with a heavy heart, but Dex is a completely heartbroken man. After Winnie comes to visit for a work event, Dex completes the perfect rom-com movie moment, complete with appearances from Luna and Haley. The two realize that there was no stopping the flame once it was ignited, and the two live happily ever after. I personally gave this book four and a half stars and I cried several times as I was reading it. It was so sweet. It was like almost too sweet and almost too cheesy, but I, I personally felt that it was the right amount and I ate that shit up. Dex is a rugged, rough, typical man shit of not wanting to admit his feelings and also like running from his shitty dad and really trying to correct the generational trauma of not having a a great parental figure and wanting to really be that for his girls. And then also not having a great first marriage and like trying to work through that. Also, <laughs> the thought of Winnie. So the whole premise of this book is that Winnie is swearing off love because she, her friend and sister bet her that like she can't go, I don't know, three or four months without falling in love with somebody. As someone who suffers from this fatal disease, the thought of like meeting a man and then planning your wedding 17 minutes later, like that really came for the neck for me. Like I, Emily can attest to this in college. I (laughs) fell in love so many times and I was in a fully blown relationship by the time I was a junior. So I was in love with so many people and like, I'll just meet somebody and I'm like, oh, I just love them. Like we could live happily ever after. And this person never wants to talk to me again. So I fully, fully understood that. Hit me in the jugular. If you know, you know. There are a couple things that, a lot of things actually that I really loved about this book. But when we get to the end and the love declaration was at the wrong house and like people were in the street like, hey, like Winnie doesn't live here, buddy. Like you're at the wrong house. I was giggling and like crying. I don't know. It was very sweet. This is so Midwestern, like the small town gossip, the hometown shit. I love the state of Michigan and travel, have traveled to Michigan a good amount for work. And just, I love her. She is, she is sweet to me. I think Michigan is the cutest little place. And it just really embodied that for me. As I mentioned earlier, when I started off this episode, I have severe daddy issues and I'm self-aware and I have worked through it with a therapist. Emily cannot relate to this. She has a sweet, loving father who I have adopted in my lifetime, but this book and my daddy issues, did they didn't go well together because like you see the dad on his deathbed, like 
wanting to make amends and I'm like oh can't relate to that <laughs> you see the you see Dex like wanting to be a good father and I'm like oh I can't relate to that either so didn't really mesh well with my own personal daddy issues but something that I really enjoyed the concept of moving somewhere new and like giving it your best shot even if you're moving for what you feel like is your dream job or the like right next step and then getting there and being like, this is horrible and I hate it. And I miss all my friends and I miss my people. I very much relate to. So I liked that part about it. I liked the female friendships. I liked, I really liked everything about this. So I hate that you can't relate, but I was such a fan. Okay. I'm giving you 3.5 stars. So I'm not completely obliterating it. It was just so damn cheesy down to her name being Winnie. And the cat's name being Piglet. Like, down to that. Dex is a fucking idiot. He has his concerns. The first thing this man needs to do is to go see a therapist. Like, that. that is his main priority that I need for Dex is to go see a therapist. I think the daughters carried this book. Full on carried this book. I absolutely lost it that the swear box went up $1.50 on Sundays because the daughter said because sun goes up on Sundays because of Jesus. Like that killed me. I love when, that. When they were um he was sleeping and one of the daughters was eating Cheetos for breakfast and the other daughter was eating like grape jelly <laughs> and the jellies leaking on him. The Cheeto dust is everywhere. I just think without the daughters, this book wouldn't have been what it was. I do think him bringing her a frosty as an apology did make me swoon. But my issue that I had with Dex, which continued, was he would snap and say really hurtful things. And then, oh, wait, I just have to bring a frosty. I have to apologize. Until the next time he says something. And the thing is, like, we all know, like, that shit's hot in the bedroom. But, like, don't snap at me in public or in other places. And then, here's a fucking frosty. Like, here's forgiving. I have lots of thoughts on decks, but this would only happen in a small town. This is true. And, and tell me, in this market, her condo was never sold. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say, I think the moment in this book that made my heart swell the most was one of Dex's daughters has OCD and she doesn't like to be without socks or shoes even in the pool. So Winnie was like, let's have a spa day to try to like make the daughter feel comfortable. And she's like, you can pick any color nail polish. And the daughter was so excited. She like was overcoming her fears of like not wearing like socks or shoes. So I think that was probably my favorite part of the book. Yeah. This book made me like really increase my chances of getting pregnant. Not because I, it was like that hot, but because I was like, do I want a child? Like they were so cute and happy. And I loved the decks called the morning, like when they're talking shit about him, like they were just standing there, like talking mad shit about him. I thought it was so funny. That I think that was really funny. Like they would make up stories, and like the story would be the ogre, and Dex would be the ogre, and then the cat. And like these, I'm so happy these girls got the cat. Like they wanted this cat so badly. I do think you're right, though, that like this only takes place in a small town. Like, 
I feel like there are some aspects of small town life where it's like, well, you're here and I'm here and like we both want to live here. So like, let's just fucking date. Like, <laughs> what know? major league pitcher is just randomly <laughs> coming into town? Know, like, what book did we miss that was about him <laughs> where he's settling down here? But again, I love Michigan. Very, very nice little place. Yeah, like I know I go in on this book and it's mostly because of Dex, but it was cute. It was an easy read. Um, I did see the third stage breakout coming, but, but I'm like, when you girl, I would have gone to Rhode Island too. Yeah. You've been dying to go to Rhode Island. Yeah. So I would have gone too. And the f- fact that she was like, I love and he would get mad at her. Be like, you weren't supposed to fall in love with me. Okay, buddy. Like that's in the past. You can't be getting mad at her because you not know how to admit feelings. I would just, this is a momentous occasion, everyone listening, because do y'all see Emily recognizing these red flags? <laughs> I am so proud of you. This is like a big deal. Yeah, I'm getting like passionate about this because I'm like, I just felt for Winnie Girl. I was like, I know this man did not just do that. Yeah, he gaslit her like a pro. Yeah. I feel like you have more thoughts. You want to keep going? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that Dex groveled enough at all. I was like, winning girl. No. Okay. But this is what I think happened, right? I think she moves to Rhode Island for this job. And the job was fine, right? Like, she's working a ton. I want to know, like, what was the salary offer and what was she making, right? Like, I need some background, some contextual info. Because I feel like in the event planning industry, you and I both know this, you're not like making six figures. So she moves to Rhode Island. She's living in this shitty one bedroom apartment. She's working all the time. She does not have any friends. And she's moved away from her entire family and this place that she loves and her bestie. And so Dex was like, I love you. And she was like, I love you too. Like, it's easier for me to, my condo hasn't sold. It's easier for me to just move back to my small town and be comfortable back into this house that hasn't sold and date you. No, I just still cannot get over. Because I know I've had one of those moments. I know some of the listeners probably have. When you feel like so hard for a guy and you like say your feelings and they're like, no, like I don't feel that way. This wasn't part of the deal. And so she like comes to terms that he doesn't feel that same way. And she's trying to like distance herself because like her heart was already broken and then he comes and sees her the day before she's supposed to leave and he was like sorry I do love you but I can't give you what you want why did you come back and tell her that mm-hmm. no I think that he should have groveled vicious groveled this man should have groveled the same amount as vicious groveled and that's that, that's my like, this is what you do to me you compare everyone to vicious and I'm like you're right they suck <laughs> vicious was so much better he would have groveled more no so I'm saying like it should have been like he could have like made the girls bring flowers cards kind of just try to grovel a little bit instead of sorry I always snap at you and I come back with a half-ass apology and I broke your heart but hey let's be together Do you think that him making amends with his dad showed to her that she, that he was like actually making progress? I think maybe no, because he told her. The way that that you hate everything about this man is making me giggle. Because he tells her mid embrace when they have this reunion 
sister's boyfriends are there sister's there the neighbors because it's the wrong house mom dad he was like oh yeah but um i went and saw my dad just out of the blue no <laughs> no i just don't point blank i don't think he grovelled enough okay i support that but what he did do was <laughs> take it down in the sheets <laughs> so let's talk about spice i gave this one and a half peppers how many did you give it i gave it one pepper Okay. Mostly because of the beer bottle scene. The beer bottle scene was unexpectedly so fucking hot. I don't know what I would have, like, how I would react to that happening. I would have stood there with my mouth open for, like, quite a long (laughs) time. Yeah. It was so sexual, but also, like, felt so normal. So if you don't know what we're talking about, he basically, the night before, he and Wendy are outside. First time anything ever happens. They get up at the same time and they just like, he kisses her. He goes for it, picks her up, whole thing. So the next night he apologizes and they're out on her porch again. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what came over me. He harps on this age gap thing. I'm going to talk about that in a second. And it's like, oh, he's like, I can't be with you because you're in 12 years. <laughs> it's just like, shut up, dude. He's like, you were in fucking kindergarten. when I graduated. Okay. So like, if the okay. age gap was such a big deal, so why did you keep pursuing her? Exactly. Well, because he was in love, Emily. But he comes over to, like, apologize and say that that's never going to happen again. And when he goes to leave, they're looking at each other with all of this, like, sexual tension. And he has a beer bottle. Her mouth is, like, slightly open. He pulls the her lip down with the beer bottle and, like, shoves it in her mouth. And then goes back home and is like, all I could think about was if that was my cock and I was putting it in her mouth. I was like, sir. There are children present. And this is the thing. Like, they sh- are next door neighbors. They got, like, a strip of grass separating the two from each other. I think other than the beer bottle scene, the second hottest scene was when Winnie took control. Yes. Agreed. Because when they, like, first started, he was like, I'm, like, not gentle. I like to be, like, in charge, all this stuff. And she was like, oh, how the ter- tables have turned. And so I was like, you go, Winnie. I liked that a lot. And she was like, "Uh uh-uh, like you cannot touch me until I give you permission. And so like, keep your fucking hands above your head. Keep your hands to yourself. And when I want something, I'll tell you. I was like, yes, (laughs) yes, bitch, you go off. And what was hot is like, now it's like my turn for like revenge for that little game. So it kind of turned into like a game between the two. And it really was like lighthearted and felt like a friends with benefits situation for most of the book, right? Like, which I enjoyed. You get like 50% of them just fucking and having fun and like giggling, which I really liked. Here's what I think we missed, Melody. I think you missed an opportunity on this because they shared a wall. Why didn't we have any sort of like masturbation through the wall? Like you could hear Because at one point she's singing off key and he's like, what the fuck are you doing over there? Like, why didn't we have any sort of any sort of shared situation through the wall? That is my one request that I would have asked for. You remember? Because what was that scene? What is that book we read with Jude Cartwright? Like that scene. Mm, Yes. When he had it through the wall. And I was like, because she wouldn't go over there when the girls were there. And I have to go back. If they wanted to keep it friends with benefits, they shouldn't have introduced, like, the girls shouldn't have gotten so involved. But 
especially with like the girls being at like his house and stuff so she couldn't go like that would just been texting convos I mean like that's hard though because they were neighbors that is true like they were in such close proximity I do think we could have gotten some peppers with like the text messages yeah I agree stuff happening or like when he said that he didn't love you back okay revenge fuck go get another dude from the fire station I'm sure there are several that are available and have very loud sex where he can hear you on the other side of that wall there's not anybody else working at the farm like that's what you're telling me like (laughs) well they have the cloverleaf farm yeah I mean like really if you want to get back at somebody like fuck his dad fuck his brother I don't know exactly be like why are you only letting him hurt you yeah that's the thing like girls we don't have to swallow like we no two can play that game two can tango look at this emily is just really coming (laughs) back on this one y'all you better watch out (laughs) (laughs) she's fired up today what do you think about him sewing her dress here's the thing i don't know how to sew so if i could if Seth could sew, I'd be putting his little fingers to work. Like, if there's a man in the area that can sew, holla at me. I need some shit to be sewn. How do you feel about it? I liked it. Because I was like, you ripped it. You, like, you stitch it up. She put a, okay, here's my thought on it. She put a lot of weight into that of, like, well, he sewed my dress. And I'm like, he sewed your dress. Like, that's how I feel. Yeah, I think him brushing her hair yeah was more of a big deal than him sewing her dress yeah but like also are these like dad things I don't have children so I don't know but like I feel like I'm gonna have to learn how to sew when I have children because they're gremlins and they'd be fucking shit up only my grandma knows how to sew so my dad's like I'll fix my oil that's about it okay parents (laughs) holla at us do you know how to sew this is something that you learned like do you know how to french braid I don't know how to french braid oh do I know <laughs> French braid? Of course I do. No, my kids would be like Dex's kids with the the lot side of pigtail. I know, but I have to French braid your child your child's hair. <laughs> I think it was very small town cute. Neighbors kind of spice. This is the deal, though. We've done two of these back to back, and so Emily is itching for something <laughs> a little darker. I can tell. It's just Dex just brings out the notions, I guess, that were really harpered in. I'm honestly so thrilled <laughs> that Dex made you so violently angry. And I I can't wait to talk about him during the boyfriend pyramid. <laughs> if Dex also made you violently angry, slide into the DMs so we can rant. <laughs> My first question is, do you think that her friends were possibly the villains? No, I really liked her friendship. I thought that they were very sweet and she was so supportive. I think that they kind of made her feel bad for kind of being who she is mm. with like falling in love, like fast and hard, like in trying to plan. Like, I think that kind of like rubbed me like the wrong way a little bit was that I feel like they almost made her like feel bad for being that way. I don't know that I took it that way, but I can see where you're coming from because I don't think it was from a place of like shame or maliciousness, maybe is the other word. Like, I feel like it was from a good place. 
Because I think if my friend would make a bet with me and be like, you, like, I bet that, like, you won't make it until Christmas. I feel like my feelings would be hurt. Okay. Noted. I will never make a bet that you can't fall in love before Christmas. I just feel like that is just the way that I took it. I was kind of like, and I think that was kind of why I was feeling bad. I, I felt bad for Winnie. Because she has these issues with, like, deck snapping and then, like, her liking him, not knowing. And then she has, like, her friends. She's like, I like him. And her friends are like, oh, but, like, you know, you have the bet. And then so I just kind of felt bad because she felt like she's had so much surrounding her that she kind of was just, like, down. Hmm. Okay. I don't think that I saw it that way, but I can see how you did. I very psychoanalyzed this book. You did. You've been <laughs> deep into your class reading. And so you're just coming at this from a different perspective. You were ready to write a fucking research paper on Ignite by Melody <laughs> Crank out the APA style. You were in it. <laughs> so that is my opinion on the friends. I also wonder if her friend was so mentioned a lot. Was it Millie? Was that her friend? Millie was a sister. I feel like Ellie is gonna get the another book. Oh, Ellie the is chef. the next is the next book of the series. Yeah, so I think that's why chef. she was mentioned. Yeah, with the chef. Okay, I liked Ellie. You know, I love a female friendship. Like that is my all time favorite trope. But she was like really, and this is so small town too to like be holding on to shit from high school. Like I couldn't tell you a an issue that I had with anyone in high school. If a Michelin star chef is paying for my whole dinner and it's like a 10 course dinner, I'm zipping it. Good girl. Winnie's problems are more important right now. So yeah. it's kind of like, mm. and that's the thing when she was like, why don't you support me on this? And I was like, well, you don't support Winnie on her relationships. <laughs> so. Emily is fired the fuck up. <laughs> I'm loving this. You just keep going, girly pop. I'm gonna be here. <laughs> I'm cheering. You I don't know what this is about this book, but it really like just like got me going. <laughs> just upset. I'm almost glad that we didn't have enough time to change the book because it's making for a great episode. I'm like, I'm never this outspoken about no. anything. But there's just no, something I'm so here for it about this book. Yeah, what is the biggest age gap that you would consider like dating someone? Listen, if the dick can still get up and you're hot enough, <laughs> age is but a number, babe. <laughs> like, I, as long as he can get it up <laughs> and it's consensual and everyone is of age of consent, I don't give a fuck. You don't feel that way. I think max six years. Oh, no, I don't feel that way. But this is why I feel it's why Max is here. <laughs> this is because it's why like 15 years older than you. <laughs> the probability they're going to die first. Yeah. Leave. So you're going to have insurance, honey. I don't give a fuck. If you found your person, then you don't want to be with the, without them for that 15 years. I will see them in the afterlife. Listen, I will take them with me in a little jar and I will go to Europe. I will go to Asia. I will go to the Maldives. <laughs> you get like the ashes made into like some sort of jewelry. Yeah. And I'm just going to take them with me. If they, I mean, if they like die tragically young, like that's a different scenario, right? But we live a happy life. You're 90 and I'm fucking 65. 
baby i'm traveling <laughs> that's like a 25 <laughs> that's like a 25 year age yeah if the tech can still get up why does it matter no i'm gonna get six years well this is why one of us is single <laughs> <laughs> goodbye your soulmate could be out there and he's seven years older than you and you would never meet him put that in your little thought box and think about <laughs> it <laughs> and you would never go younger right no hard no hard not no. even two years no the frontal lobe has to be developed okay if the frontal lobe is developed and I don't know how old that would be but like I think you're so like 32 and single would you date like a 26 year old it depends if we're both in like the same stage of life Mm-hmm. So I feel like at 26 that they don't want to like settle down and stuff I'm not gonna pursue that but it depends like they like the stage of life okay that's a good answer I support that but I want you to also think about that like there are men that are 35 that are at your same stage of life that no, would be great partners. I, just I just can't do nah sex is the hard all right, if you have a brother or a friend that's seven years older than Emmeline wants to fuck her, please let me know. <laughs> I'm going to put together a Princess Diary-style slideshow of all the available men. <laughs> I want to know the answer to this question. Do you think you could marry someone if they had kids from a previous relationship or marriage? Yeah, but... It also depends how involved the mom is. Okay, so like in this scenario, the mom was pretty involved. She, I would say, she was the primary caregiver because she, yeah, had but she was su- like she was supportive of Winnie and like Dex being together. So I think if that is that scenario, then yes. But if they're gonna like make like life like like a living hell, then no. Yeah, that's fair. Because they you? was like also getting remarried and stuff. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. I'm going to be honest. I like, I like don't really know how to interact with children. Like I think Winnie was naturally good with kids. I think it's something you either have or you don't. I don't possess that gene. Like, I don't know what to say to them. I just like can't do it. So I don't know. I don't see that being something that I would thrive at, like being a stepmom. And especially if the kid was over, like, I don't know when, when they have a personality, like three, four, I don't know. I don't know anything about children. Yeah, I think that I would need to see what other circumstances there is. Okay. Did we talk about the fact that we've done back-to-back Winnie's? We have to. Is that a common name? I don't know. I don't know a single Winnie, Winfred, none. I've never even, like, heard of a human being named Winnie. No. How have we randomly done this back-to-back? Like, when I first opened the book and I was like, oh, another Winnie? That is some small town shit. It really is some small town shit. We have a Chip, a Willie, a Winnie. I do have a cousin named Chip. <laughs> <laughs> but he's from my redneck side of the family, so I mean, that tracks. I didn't like the name Dex. Oh, no. Dexter. When you think Dexter, do you think the serial killer show or do you think Dexter's Laboratory? I think of the actor, Dex Shepard. Who the fuck is that? Oh, he- that's Dax Shepard with an oh. A. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Then you think of no one. You know, not the <laughs> one. 
<laughs> no, like I don't know. I could not think of an actor to and like that Dex could envision. Okay, I Josh Jamal. That's a good one. Mm-hmm, that's who I was thinking with like that's the slightly salt and pepper. Yeah. Dex was hot. I just don't like the name Dex. Yeah, no. All right, well, let's do the boyfriend pyramid because I don't even know how Emily's gonna back up what she's about to say. As you all know, we have this boyfriend pyramid that we have created because we are girlies in STEM. The first level is ultimate friends with benefits. You would give them a night, maybe a couple, but nothing more than that. Then we move up to meeting the the family. Maybe you'll introduce them to your parents, date for a couple years. We've got white picket fence, which is like, you want to settle down with them, have a white picket fence, couple dogs, some children and the red door in suburbia. And then as you all know, God tears at the top of our pyramid. And I mean, there's nothing else to say. God tears, God tear. So where are you going to put, where are you putting Dex on the pyramid? The bottom, the bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> Be making the pyramid? You have the option to leave them off. Would you do it once? Yeah. Okay. Good. I would do it. It would be after like a long night out with friends. One drink past the mark. Hey, neighbor. (laughs) Send a quick text. Yeah. He's going to the bottom of the pyramid for me. Okay. Yeah. What about for you? (laughs) I got to be honest. When we started the episode, he was strongly white picket (laughs) fence. And you have made some good points. And I am easily influenced. So... I think I'm going to put him at meet the parents, meet the fam. I just think for, to get to the white picket fence, she's going to be so much work. Yeah. I mean, he needs to be trained. That's for sure. (laughs) And so if you want to be the man, the person to fix this man, that's on you. Yeah. But it's absolutely not going to be Emily. I can tell you that much. Nope. So I'm putting him at the bottom because you got to give it a go around. There were a couple things I really liked. I liked the firefighter. I did like the single dad. I liked the neighbor. Like there were some tropes that I was really into. But you, you have know, made some good points. I have been influenced. You know what have made this book so good? Okay, as somebody who's lost their house to fire, <laughs> I feel like if something happened to Winnie's house. She had to stay with Dex. And we had the one bed trope. So you wanted her house? To <laughs> no. Maybe not. Maybe like water damage Why would or something. Why stayed with Dex when, they're, when her family lives in town? I don't know. I just think that the one bed trope would have made this better. I love a one bed trope. And it is on our Coxgiving <laughs> graphic. And if you have any suggestions, please let us know. I just think that that would have made it better. Yeah, I know, like, we shouldn't do this. Like, we shouldn't want to do this. But, like, it is only one bed. So, I think that would have made it better. Oh, I could have been good. Listen, we've been, we need more trauma in these books. So, <laughs> Emily, well, I want to kill some people and live with <laughs> house fire. We all have different different requirements. I think it has all gone down if you groveled enough. But the epilogues, okay, the Christmas proposal was cute. And I think it was cute that the daughters had lines. The Christmas proposal. proposal was fucking adorable. Okay. I lived for that. I thought that was cute. And how like the daughters each like said something as a part of the proposal. I thought that was cute. 
I liked that it took a full year for him to propose to. Yeah. So sometimes in these books, it's like fucking eight days later. And I'm like, no, no, we didn't have enough time. But I like that there was no more children being born in the epilogue and no pregnancies. And I liked that they had a full year. So he could have grappled in that year. That's what I'm thinking. Because realistically, the timeline of the story is six weeks. (laughs) I just, your pro-con list is like really really lean into one side so six weeks it's like love is blind that's basically the same timeline okay i did not know that in love is blind like they like get married yeah at the end there's a wedding and you have to say yes or no to if you're with someone okay this might like make me want to watch it more it's a fucking train wreck of a show it's fantastic you have to watch it i thought it's like the bachelor who they just like propose but no. i'm kind of over that franchise gabby and eric broke up i'm just like over it i can't i'm done with the bachelor i've been done for a couple years it's terrible i think winnie would go far on the bachelor i think dex would be a good bachelor yeah you disagree oh no you do agree i don't know maybe dex would be good on the beach the paradise he could have gone to like dex is kind of like grocery store joe yeah yeah <laughs> I didn't like how negative he was. He was kind of a negative Nancy. He was a negative Nancy. And it's like, we get it. Dude, you like to cuss. Like, we get it. <laughs> we... Emily, you <laughs> never hated a man this much. And, like, there are lots of people that you should have acted this way towards that you did not. No, I was just like, this man, like, we get it, dude. Because, like, <laughs> I'm not going to fucking stop fucking cussing. Okay, dude, we get it. <laughs> I kind of want to keep it going just to see what else you're gonna say. I think I need like a few like cute Hallmark movies, or somebody send me like cute real life love stories because I this uh uh-uh. I think I'm just getting a little bit too cynical. I would say so. <laughs> so that's that's my rant on Dex and Ignite. I thoroughly. <laughs> I want you to hate book characters so much more often. That was fantastic. I speak for all of us when we say, please get angrier more often. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. (laughs) If you guys feel the same way about Dex, just let me know so I know that I'm not the only one who felt this way. But next week, we are going to read King of Wrath by Ava Huang. We love her. And so we are very excited for this book. It's Marriage of Convenience, and it is available on Kindle Unlimited. And it's a little darker. I think we need to take a little break from the cute, sweet, small town and go back to what we know, you know? Yeah. Like, we know. Like, Ava's one of those authors that we know. It's like our safety book. Yeah. Bangers only. Thank you, guys. And thank you guys for 400 Instagram followers. Like, that's just so cool. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Have a great week.